0: And welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's up?
1: Hey, David. How are you?
0: Doing pretty well. Um, Better than the Heat these days. (laughs) Uh, We were recording Friday morning. Uh, We waited an extra day because the Heat had that back-to-back. Uh, I think we were both kind of hoping, expecting uh, that Jimmy was going to be back for that second game against the Clippers on Thursday. Now we are waiting until at least Saturday for him to get back. Um, and it meant the Heat lost their fifth straight on Thursday night. They played a, they're definitely their best first quarter in a long time. Most of these games have had pretty ugly first quarters and they've kind of fought back at the end. and But in this one, they started off well, uh, unraveled in the middle of the game, particularly the third quarter, ended up being another close loss for this team. Um, It felt like kind of a turning point, just like looking at Twitter and the columnists and stuff, like that there was finally some talk about like, uh uh-oh, is it panic time? Uh, So that's going to be our focus today, Uh, is the panic button, is it time to push it?
1: Um it's funny cuz I remember the first episode we recorded this season and you and I were making fun of people panicking over one loss in Orlando. Yeah. Um but I I am not I don't know if I'm ready to push the panic button yet because, you know, there's still what? 375% of the season to be played. Yeah. Um and you know, this team has what 13 starting lineups and 17 games or something like that and Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's played in six games and Goron's missed a bunch of games and even Bam missed two games. Tyler Heroes missed almost half the season. Um so, so I, you know, there's been a lot of things working against this team, but the losses still count. Um and you know, the here digging itself a pretty big hole here. Um, you know, what what are they? Six and six and eleven six and now? Six, six and, and 12? twelve? Yeah, six and twelve. So that's that's tough to come back from especially when you have like a 6 or 7 game west coast trip coming up in a in a week or two. Um that you know those those you're lucky if you go 500. So um at this point I'll say this at this point I'd be surprised if the heat reach get back to 500 before the ha- before like the quote unquote halfway break that the NBA is going to have um just because of the west coast trip coming up they're already 6 game uh yeah 6 games under um, so, you know, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be an uphill climb. That's the position the Heat are in. Um, but I do expect, you know, it might be a play-in game at this point. I don't know, but I do expect the Heat will still make the playoffs.
0: Yeah. So the way I kind of feel is like, obviously this team's going to be better, right? They're like, in a normal world, I'm not pushing the panic button. I'm, you know, if we just know Jimmy is going to be back Saturday, if, if it was just a kind of a regular like ankle injury or something, it would be no reason to push the panic button. You know, six and twelve, obviously, it's not ideal. They should probably be better than this, even given what they've been playing with. You know, they've, you know, they, they easily could have won last night, and maybe should have won last night with Kawhi and Paul George not playing for the Clippers. Um, you know, they had, uh, a close loss in Brooklyn during this losing streak. Um, you know, they've, they've lost, like, even shorthanded, you know, they've gotten blown out by the pistol. Like, they just had some bad losses here, regardless of the context. They have had some bad losses, some games you should not lose. Um, but, you know, once Jimmy gets back, who knows how long it's going to take him to, like, get back to speed. You no, know, he, he looks he looks a little slim. Well, definitely looks skinnier considering he probably couldn't do much working out for uh, two weeks, basically, or a week and a half. And, you know, we, we don't know how sick he got, if he got sick. We, we kind of assume he got sick at this point um, considering he was one of the guys out for two weeks. Um, so, you know, if this was normal, if this was just that ankle injury or a shoulder injury and, and, you know, he'd been able to kind of be doing stuff and and we expect him, maybe not Saturday to be full speed, but like by the middle of next week to be full speed, there'd be no reason, I feel like, to to worry, you know, like I said, it's not good that you're six games below 500. It's not good that you're in 13th place in a crappy Eastern Conference. Um But as you mentioned, the problem is we're a quarter of the way done here, right? Like... No, this team is probably not going to, you know, they're definitely not going to fight for a one, two, three seed. Probably not a four seed. Probably not a five seed. Um, But if this team, you know, as long as Jimmy Butler, like, is something like Jimmy Butler, and we've seen some guys in some sports, like, really struggle when they come back from these long breaks and and come back from COVID. Um, But if he's what he is, like, this team's going to make the playoffs. Like you said, it might be a play-in game, but, like, right now they're a game and a half out of eighth place. They're three games out of the six seed. They're four and a half games out of the five seed. Like, and those last three teams in the east, in the top eight for the east right now, are the Cavs, the Hawks, and the Knicks. Like, the Heat are better than those teams. Like, if they, if they played them tomorrow, even with this lineup, you'd probably expect them to win. Um, the schedule, as you mentioned, has been tough. Obviously, two games at Brooklyn. Uh, you know they obviously get them after the Harden trade, and, and when they've got kind of their full complement of guys, um, you know they they split in Toronto. Um, probably should have won that Clippers game, but you know the Clippers are thirteen and five, I think now. Like you know that's a really fourteen and five. You know that's a really good team um, even without those two guys. But uh, in the end, it's hard to panic when I I, I wish I remember who. Tweeted this step, but I think Jimmy, uh, Bam, and Goran have played 28 total minutes together this year. Like, yeah. yeah, you just can't, you can't panic about this. You can panic that they're 6-12 and 12 and it's basically they've waited a quarter of the season to actually, like, get to real, you know, to, to basically start. Like, the, the, it's like they've been playing preseason while the vast majority of the league is, is playing competitive games. You can panic about the the climb they have to make, but to panic about this team and what this team can do once it's fully healthy, it's just it's nonsense.
1: Yeah, Bam and Jimmy, to kind of go off your point, have played 14% of the Heat's minutes together. Like that is this is not the Heat's yeah. team. This this is this is just not the Heat's team right now. Um, you know, like you said, it's not ideal. You you, you wish the Heat would have you know kind of found a way to you know scrap out a couple more wins here this team would be closer to 500. Um, you know, ideally that he would have beaten that Clippers team um, last night without Kawhi and Paul George, uh, but it didn't happen. And, you know, I, th- I think the hope is that Jimmy will be back Saturday against the Kings. You know, we'll see, you know, as we saw um, on Thursday, you know, that I think there was optimism that he'd be back Thursday against the Clippers and he, he was not back. So it's kind of a day to day thing, but, but the expectation is he'll be back soon. I guess that's the main point. So, um, you know how will he look when he comes back? You know he's been out for two weeks. That's all going to be something that we'll, I guess, <laughs> learn together uh, when he takes the court. Um, but this team really doesn't have t- time to waste here. I mean, they're they're six and twelve, like we've kind of repeated here uh, over these last five minutes. Um, and so they need w- you know, they need wins. it, yeah. They,
0: they
1: yeah they, they need wins. Like they need they need to stack wins, especially here at this point of the schedule when you know you have. I think six straight winnable games pretty much coming up. Um, You have Sacramento, Charlotte, two Washington games, two games against Washington, two games against the Knicks, before you go on that West Coast trip. So these six games are critical. This is the stretch for the Heat to really, you know, pile up a couple wins and get closer to 500 uh, entering that trip.
0: Yeah, yeah, Sacramento, Charlotte, Washington, Washington, Knicks, Knicks, like, I mean, you could be 500 by the time this West Coast trip starts. I'm not expecting it, um,
1: but... It's possible, though. I mean, they're, yeah, they probably should be
0: favored in all six of those yeah.
1: games. Right. They're, um, they're probably favored in all six of those games, and if you do get Jimmy back Saturday, um, you know, you hope maybe by mid-next week he's, he's something close to the Jimmy we know, um, and if he is, then they should, they'll definitely be big favorites over Washington, and they should be favored over the Knicks, so... Um. Yeah. This is this is the stretch right here. Like this is it. If they go two and four here, David, you and I next week are going to come on and we're going to push the panic button. <laughs> but- yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's right. Um. And again, it's not because you know I have faith that when this you know this is in an ideal circumstance, in a, a normal world, in a in a season where they've got you know they can play their eleven, twelve deep and you know basically game plan. Like, well, if this team is fully healthy come the postseason. You know, I'm not counting them out as a final I don't think anyone would. You know, I've kind of come to the, the point where I, I just think the Nets are going to, ultimately, just with those three, be the... Like, it's going to be hard for anyone to topple them in the East. But, you know, the Heat, to me, are not in a... Once we get to the postseason, are not in a tier far off from them, the Bucks, You know, obviously, you know, they beat the Bucs and the Celtics last year and. and those teams look pretty similar this year. Obviously, the Bucks are a little different, but, you know, they're, they're going to be in that top tier if they get to the postseason, no matter where they wind up. But, as you mentioned, you know, they could be in a play-in game, and then it's a one-game one sample, and all you need is a bad Duncan shooting game and a bad Tyler game, and, and you're out. So, the panic, I, I think it is fair to, like, worry about just where this team is going to end up and, you know, potentially set themselves up for a, a tough run once they get to the playoffs. But again, like the the ceiling of this team, I, I can't, and I'm sh- I don't think people necessarily have. Like, if you ask people, like what what's the ceiling of this team, I think most people would still say it's like Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the worry is just what is the floor now given a six and twelve start. Um, and you know, we knew this is going to happen to someone, right? Like when we talked about this in the preseason, we knew some team was going to get hit hard by COVID. We knew. And and you know obviously in baseball we had the Marlins were like this incredible story because of how well they played uh, with those guys missing. But basketball is not baseball. Like you cannot win when you're playing G League guys in an NBA game against, um, you know against Kevin Durant and against uh you know even Pascal Siakam or you, know, whoever it's been you know even you know like I said they probably should have won that Clippers game last night, but but the the first what was it, four losses in this losing streak, were two to the Nets, one to the Raptors, and, and one to the Nuggets. Like, you're just not going to win those games when you have lineups like the Heat uh, were throwing out there. Um, and obviously in baseball, also like, you know, they played 60 games that year. It's a much smaller sample than the 162 that they normally play. So, like, you got fluky stuff. It You know, the NBA, it's still playing 72 games, like, it's good and bad. It's good because you know the Heat have a lot of time still to to straighten out. But you also like, it's hard to fluke your way through a week and not have it like really affect you.
1: Yeah, no, that's 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 correct. And and one side note, um, you know Avery Bradley went on Chris Haynes' Yahoo podcast and 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 kind of said he you know he, he he revealed that he tested positive for COVID. Jimmy has not said yeah. that yeah. We don't know if he tested positive or not. All mm-hmm. we know is he's been out for. Two plus weeks, you know, because of right. protocol. So just, I just want to clear that up. But but anyway, I, the, the Heat, like, how bad have they been? Um, <laughs> there are five teams who have an offensive rating and defensive rating ranked 20 or worse. Um, and the Heat are one of them the OKC Thunder, the Magic, the Pistons, and the Timberwolves, and the Heat. Um, the Heat have been one of the worst teams in the league this season. I, I, it's pretty. I mean, you look at the numbers; like they've been statistically one of the worst teams in the NBA. Um, so that that is concerning. Um, and when you look at it like that, just because you would hope that they maybe just be mediocre without Jimmy um, and 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 uh, Tyler for a chunk of those games, right. but they just have not been able to to find any level of success without those guys. Um, which kind of shows just how important Jimmy is. I think if anybody questioned that. Um, last season maybe when Jimmy was not putting up the numbers that everyone thought in the regular season I think we kind of see now how important he is to this team's success I mean uh, as as well as Bam has played and he's played tremendous especially those two games in Brooklyn um, he has not been able to lift this team um, to many wins by on his own yeah,
0: yeah. so they're Two ways I basically wanted to go before we finish out this episode. One is the the Jimmy thing that you just mentioned. Like, he is more important than I think any of us realize. Like, any question of whether Bam is the guy or Jimmy is the guy, I feel like have kind of been answered. You know, Bam's still obviously the guy long-term. He's a lot younger than Jimmy. But right now, uh, you know, Jimmy is the guy who is in the conversation to be a top 12 guy, top 10 guy, whatever. Um, Bam is, I think we learned in this stretch, like, He's taking a leap, obviously. You know, we've talked a lot about the jumper. You know, he, he has those stretches where he takes over on offense. You know, that next game on Friday, right, it was the first game up in Brooklyn, was, um, you know, that's the best game he's ever played, <laughs> straight up. Like, he was incredible in that game. He looked like a top-ten guy. But then, like, you know, last night against the Clippers, I know he's been shouldering a big burden um, for basically two weeks now a much bigger burden than he's ever had to shoulder, but, like, you know, if he plays to his standard, they beat that shorthanded Clippers team last night. Like, the Clippers were missing their two best guys. The Heat were missing one of their two best guys, and, you know, Bam, I think his numbers wound up being fine, but, you know, he he wasn't his typical Bam. Like, he was not... You know, if you're, if you're a top 15, top 20 guy or whatever, like, you win that game last night. Um, you know, there's not a lot of teams, basically... You know, we're, we're probably not going to talk about Bradley Beal tonight, today, but, um, you know, that's the other team. It's really the only team that's got, like, a top 15, top 20 guy that's uh, in as dire of straits as the Heat right now. Um, so, yeah, to me, like, we've seen the full, like, the ceiling for BAM, but uh, I think it's, you know, so I, I get the hype. I'm, I'm all, on the, all in on the hype. We've been BAM supporter. You know, we've been high on BAM since the first day, episode, I think, of this podcast uh when Alonzo Mourning said he's like the next – said Bam is the next Alonzo Mourning or or better than Alonzo Mourning. Um, but, you know, I, I'm pumping – you know, coming out of the playoffs last year, I thought, like, he's was closer to a top 15 guy than he was to, like, a top 30 guy. I, I'm just pumping the brakes, I think, a little bit. It's just a reminder that he is great because he is, like, an elite number two guy, like, and perfectly – his skill set is perfectly tailored to be that number two guy. But, um, yeah, and I know the supporting cast around him has not been great. You know, Goron is out. Obviously, Tyler missed a lot of time. You know, Avery Bradley was out. You know, Iguadala was out last night. So he's playing with a worse supporting cast than the Heat would normally have around him. But I'm just pumping the brakes just a little bit on like Bam as like a top 15 guy. You know, we saw he still got a little bit way to go, just really in the consistency department. Um, because he's, you know, he, that, that jumper unlocks his offense in a way we, just did not see a lot last year, but, um, you know, the game to game, you know, he, he's not hes not a guy who's going to carry your offense every night yet, and that's what you need out of a guy who's like a top 15, top 17 guy or whatever.
1: Yeah, i, I it's funny because, I forget who I told, but it was like four days ago after the two games in Brooklyn, I said, Bam's a top 10 player. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he looks like a top 10 player. He really does. He, he looked like yeah, the best player on the court. Like,
0: I mean, on the, that, that Nets game, he was the second best guy on the floor behind Kevin Durant.
1: I mean, honestly, he looked like the best player on that court yeah. for most of those two games. Um, Kevin Durant really showed in the second game. Um, so th- that was, that was really, really impressive. But I, I think you have a good point where just the consistency of it, you know, that's, that's the next step for him. He, he's, he's gonna be a top 10 player. I, I think, yeah. I, I am yeah. pretty I've confident.
0: No, I have no doubt at this yeah. point. Yeah.
1: He's going to be a top ten player, and you know we're kind of splitting hairs here when we say top fifteen, top yeah, twenty. Yeah, but there is a but, difference.
0: I mean, you win a title with a top ten guy. You don't win a title right. with a top 15, 16 guy. Right.
1: No, for sure. And and but we've seen flashes that he can be a top yeah. ten guy. I think the next the next step is him kind of establishing himself as a top ten guy. But there have been encouraging signs from him. I mean, that's that's been the weird thing about the season. I know the two like last you know the game against the Clippers, he didn't play. Well, but there have been, like, in with all the losses, with all the disappointment, you know, disappointment with the record, Bam's growth and continued growth and the expansion of his offensive game have been, it's been so encouraging. Like, just watching what he could do in that role, that's kind of been the weird thing about this year is that while it's disappointing, it has been, especially during those Brooklyn games, so encouraging to watch Bam continue to get better and you know, become, I mean, he was a go-to offensive guy in those two Brooklyn games. And I know they weren't doubling him, so, and they were defending him with Jeff Green, who's not, you know, doesn't have length. Um, so Bam was really, you know, able to take advantage of that. And as you saw against Sergio Baca, I think the one way to kind of slow down Bam is with length. Um, mm-hmm. the net, Brooklyn did not do that. So yeah. Bam went off. But, um, the point is, he, he's, I mean, if you would have told me two or three years ago, or even at the beginning of a second season, that Bam would have a 41 point game <laughs> in his fourth NBA season. Yeah, I would have thought you were nuts. So, um, yeah, just like
0: the, I just got a bunch of dunks, like 15 yeah, right. alley <laughs>
1: Right, like so, and, and I do still think there's room for him to grow. Obviously, like we, we've seen. I mean, the three pointer. I'm sure he's going to stop. You know, incorporate that into his game at some point. Yeah, that's tough. Um, and, and just the balance of being the facilitator. And being also a primary scorer. Like, I, I, against Los against the Clippers, he, he really, there were times where he had, he didn't even look at the basket. He was looking for the dribble handoff, which, I mean, that's part of his role. But with Jimmy and Goran out, you know, you want him to be that yeah. assertive scorer. So I think that's yeah, he's another. He's not
0: necessarily wired that way yet, right. right? Like, he's, he's a winning player. And, you know, a lot, of, you know, it's almost, it's kind of similar to Jimmy, right? Like, how many times were we frustrated? So like, Jimmy was passive for three quarters, you know, and just trying to get, get his teammates involved. You know, they, they're they're wired very similarly, Bam and Jimmy. Um, but we saw the way that Jimmy, when Bam and Goron went down in the playoffs, basically was like, screw it, I need to do everything. And, and Bam just, you know, he's, what is he, 25 years old or something like that? 23. 23 years old? Yeah, like, he's just, you know, how many 23-year-olds could do what Jimmy did in the finals last year? Basically no one. Definitely not a guy who was like a fifteen who's like the number fifteen pick a couple of years ago. Like he's just not you know, he's the, he's got all the tools, he's got all the the, the entire skill set you want from a guy who is a top ten guy. Um but it's just, you know, that it takes time to get there unless you're like a Luka Doncic or you know, one of these like true blue superstars, potential like top fifty guys of all time. Um and I will say you know, it's kind of like I feel like every, after every game, the, the interview questions are basically the same because every game is basically the same these days.
1: Um, interviews are so, so hard. Th- interviews are so hard these days. By and the
0: way. so <laughs> much of it has been about like the lessons that they take away from this. As you mentioned, there's like like there's a lot of weirdly positive signs. Like, you know, Kendrick and Un coming back—that's a big deal.
1: And like playing well.
0: Um, I, I continue to think Gabe Vincent is pretty good.
1: Um, Tyler Hero before he went out was those two yeah. games. Were, he played really yeah, really and well. he was
0: awesome in the fourth quarter last night. Um, you can see he was a little rusty coming back from from a few games out, though. Um, and I actually, like, you know, coming away from those Brooklyn games, I'm like, yeah, I, I this team matches up pretty well with Brooklyn, you know, when, when Jimmy gets back. Because they don't, like you said, they don't really have, unless they're going to put KD on on Bam. Um, you know, I, I'll take Bam in that matchup against DeAndre Jordan or whoever, like, you're going to put up against him. Um, but... Yeah, you, you just like <laughs> again, you would like them to not be six and twelve. And if the schedule was just a little easier in that stretch, you know, they played like I said, they you know, they played the Nets twice, who I think are the best team in the East. They played the Clippers, who were uh a half game out of first place in the West. They played the Nuggets, who were three games out of first place in the West and, and you know, had Jokic in that game, had their full complement of guys. Um you know, even even the Raptors at, at seven and eleven or You know, they're another team that's kind of like the Heat. They're going to be a playoff team. Um, They had, uh, they were obviously a lot more healthy than the Heat were in that game. Like, there were positive signs, and I think if they, you know, you play, replace those Nets games with two against the Knicks and those uh, Raptors games with two against the Magic, like, this team's maybe like eight and ten or something instead, and we feel a lot different, even if they play the exact same way in that stretch. Like, it was just, Kind of a confluence of, like, the tough schedule, the shorthandedness. It was a, the perfect confluence of events to make for this uh, five-game losing streak, which is the first the Heat has had in a, in a long time. Like, we're not used to this.
1: All right, let's try this. All right. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, where do you want to start? Um, um,
0: I, I said the thing with the losing streak. Do you want to go off of that, or do you want to, like, we could build in a break here and talk about Jimmy?
1: Yeah, we can build a break.
0: Okay. That's fine. All right. Three, two, one. All right. Uh, let's finish up by talking about Jimmy Butler. And um, I-, I won't say the newfound appreciation for Jimmy Butler because I think everyone appreciated Jimmy Butler, but um, I-, I think he's even more important to this team than I realized. And, you know, this is a guy who scored 40 points in the finals. Twice, right? Like he was, you know, he clearly asserted himself as a top ten guy when it matters last year. Um, but those day to day, game to game contributions, uh, they're, he's Heat are really missing those right now. Obviously, in yeah. a way that, in a way that I, I, you know, I thought they would be able to kind of live without him to a degree because of the way this Heat team is structured and because of how good we both think Bam is. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I think part of that is like you mentioned Jimmy's just really important to both ends and more and more important than we even more important than we even knew last season even though we you know I think we both said that Jimmy was the beats best player last season but you still thought this team was pretty good because of its depth without yeah. him but it's also the fact that you know they played two games with eight guys they played last night with ten guys um, Tyler Heroes missed extended time Goron's missed now I think four games this season Um Almost everybody's missed a field game. Bam's missed two games, yeah, um, because of protocol. So it's a combination of things, but I think, like you said, the, the underlying theme is this team did Jimmy Butler very badly um, yeah. to be. I mean, it's like a nice reminder this that this
0: team was not good the year before Jimmy Butler got here, and then went to the finals the year he did. Yeah,
1: maybe he deserves some love for the MVP <laughs> for the MVP this season, just because uh, he is extremely valuable to what this team does on both ends, even offensively while he's not a 30-point score, um, what he does for the Heat shooters because just his ability to get into the paint and just his ability to get to the free-throw line. That stabilizes the Heat's offense yeah. so much. Um, I think last night it took like 10 free-throws, which is just not what this offense is built around. Like This offense is built around getting to the free-throw line and making threes. Yeah. Um, and he helps in both of those regards, even though he doesn't make any threes because of his ability to get into the paint and draw extra defenders. And defensively, I mean, I think we all know how good he is defensively, just with his ability to get steals and, and, and really guard uh, multiple positions. Um, when you have Jimmy and Bam out there to kind of blow up um, different offensive actions, like uh-huh. it helps you become at least a good enough defensive team, even though even if you're playing, you know, maybe subpar defensive players around them. Just those two guys um, make you a, a good enough defensive team. So, yeah, I, you know, without Jimmy, this team is – You know, maybe if they had everyone healthy, a 7 or 8 seed in the East, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, And since they haven't had uh, guys healthy along with Jimmy, they're not a good team at all. They're one of the worst teams in the NBA right now. So, um, yeah, this team needs Jimmy back, and I need him back to the Jimmy of old um, as soon as possible. But we'll see how long it takes, you know, Jimmy to find his rhythm. I mean, I think it's kind of uh, a little bit too much to ask to expect him to come out on Saturday if he plays. And for him to be, you know, Jimmy of, you know, scoring 28 points on 13 shots or 14 shots or something like that, like it's gonna take a bit.
0: Yeah, they probably don't quite need that either. Like again, this team should be better than they are, and you just add Jimmy in there instead of like whatever like Max Struess minutes we've been getting. I know he was good last night, but like you know, you just you swap out a G League guy for an All NBA guy, like uh, that just makes a big difference no matter what. Like that guy just even if he has, like, a bad scoring night or something, or like you said, just, like, has to be a little bit more passive and ease his way in, like, it just helps to have Jimmy Butler on the floor because of all the little things he does. And, you know, the th- you know, you got to put a good defender on him, all that kind of stuff. Like, it- it'll make a big difference right away, no matter how well he's playing. But like you said, like, if he's playing at a high level, then, this- then, it- then none of the other stuff matters. We, we saw that in the playoffs. Um sure.
1: Well, I, had, I had a question. I had a let's question for you, David yeah. actually um, that I wanted to pose to you. Um, what? What? I, I know it's early, and you know, a lot of things can still change. And as we've seen, circumstances circumstances can change for teams on, on a dime. But mm-hmm. um, what is your? I guess what's your ceiling right now as far as where the Heat can finish in the East, considering where the Heat are right now.
0: Well, it is standings wise?
1: Standings wise. So let's do some standings talk. Like, what, what do you think? What's the highest you, you could see them kind of finishing? Um, in the I mean, Eastern honestly,
0: Conference, honestly, it's probably sixth at this point, right? Just like you look, you know, the Sixers are so far ahead, the Bucks are so far ahead, um, even the Pacers are, are pretty far ahead. The Pacers and Nets, and like the you know, and then the Celtics are the fifth seed. Like those are five teams that are all four and a half plus games ahead of the Heat, and all like good teams, right? Like yeah, you're they're not, not fluky have yeah. to fall off, yeah, right. I mean, obviously, like, one of the, I'll, I'll say fifth, because, like, what if one of those teams goes through the same thing the Heat are going through and has a terrible streak like this? Um, but, like,
1: realistically, it's probably the sixth seed, which, you
0: know, if the standings hold, they get that first-round matchup with the bases again, which I think they'd feel pretty good about.
1: They can, instead of becoming the fifth, whatever, yeah. the third, I think the third, fifth seed to make the finals, <laughs> they'll become, like, what, probably the first sixth seed to make the finals.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, yeah, you know, this team is could end up being a top six team in the entire league, but still be a six seed in the East just because of you know what this stretch meant.
1: I think if you're the Heat, I mean obviously six seed is not optimal, but you gotta at least try to reach six just because seven and eight have to play in that playing game. Yeah, you
0: do not want to be in that. And again, like if you look at the teams ahead of the Heat, like just run, I'm just gonna run through it: Cavs, Hawks, Knicks. Magic, Bulls, Raptors, Hornets, and they're only a game behind the Raptors. Like, if the Heat finish worse than any of those other teams I mentioned, like, that'd be a huge disappointment. Even given this start, it would be a huge disappointment if they finish behind any of those other teams, except the Raptors. Um, so you should get to the six. Like, that should be the expectation, um, internally, externally, for them right now, Uh Obviously, seventh is possible because, like, you know, the Raptors, I think we expect to start playing better, too. You know, they, they're they one of only seven teams in the East of the positive uh, point differential right now, um, even though they are in uh, 11th place. But you got to get up into, like, that sixth has to be the goal, basically. Um, seventh would be, like, excusable given what happened, but then you put yourself in that plan, like you said, and, and who knows what happens.
1: Yeah, and the only other team that would concern me if I'm the Heat is Atlanta, just because they do have talent, and if yeah, they, get yeah, it, if, they, they if they get it I mean, going, they have
0: a, right a plus two point four point difference, was like pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it is pretty it's good. Like up so, a tier East team. I think they're like they're they could be legitimate playoff team. Um, yeah. that could give the Heat some if they you know if they they could be battling with the Heat for like that six spot, um, down the road. So. I would say, in that group, yeah, Atlanta, Toronto, just because it's Toronto, but i don't I don't really think Toronto's that good this season,,
0: so you awesome. look at like like I said, you look at that point differential, considering yeah. what how like shaky they've been, you would think they stabilized. you know the heat of the worst point differential in the east right now
1: that's nuts I you look do you, like you, believe, in, do you uh, believe in yeah. Cleveland do I
0: believe in Cleveland? I love Colin Sexton. I've loved Colin Sexton since, like, high since yeah, I watched him in, like, I remember the McDonald's game one year, and he was, like, a pretty big recruit, obviously. He was in that game, but he was not, like, one of the signature, like, headlining stars of that game. And he just, like, played so hard. I think he was wearing number six, too, which, like, you're not supposed to wear in high school. So he, like, stood out. Um, and I loved him. And then his freshman year at Alabama, they played a game where uh, – they had like a bunch of injuries and guys fouled out and they had to play like the last five minutes against Minnesota three on five and like they were still competitive. So I've loved Colin Sexton for a long time, so I feel vindicated that he's like playing well right now. Um, but I don't know. I, I, the Heat still should be better than them. They should be. another team yeah. with a bad point differential minus three point six, even though they're in sixth place.
1: Yeah, they, they should be better. Uh, Andre Drummond's also playing really well. And the, yeah. the trade get Jared Allen, like, that helps their defense
0: Yeah, well, that's so. good. Jared Allen's good. I like Jared Allen a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah but yeah. I, I kind of like their roster. I, I like watching them play. So that's why I brought it up, just because Yeah. they have been surprisingly decent this season. And Colin Sexton has kind of taken a, a step, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he could be
0: the most improved player, potentially.
1: Yeah, no, that's for sure. I, especially if they stay somewhere in a 6-7 spot in the East. He yeah. um, could definitely win that award.
0: Yeah, I think even if they get the eight seed or something. Yeah. I mean if you look at me like what the top eight's gonna be, like obviously there's those five plus plus I think the Heat and Raptors get in and then basically like one of those Cat's hawks and the and the obviously the issue is if those teams both keep playing well it squeezes someone out of the top eight. Not that it you know, seven and eleven are the same thing this year, basically, right? Or seven and ten are the same thing this year. Effectively. Yeah,
1: yeah so. pretty much. Those teams are so close that and I agree. So it
0: actually I mean like the, the play-in was put in for a lot of different reasons. The biggest was, like, that was really fun last year in the bubble to have that uh, uh, Blazers chase. But it also, you know, it's kind of the same way. It, it benefited the Blazers last year, had that terrible start, and were able to get in. Um, you know, it, the, the play-in does benefit a team like the Heat, and that's kind of like what it's – I think this year had to be part of what the thinking was, was we know some teams that are probably playoff teams are going to get hit by COVID, and – they need, um, you know, it get, gives them that chance to prove they belong once you get to the end of the year. So, it, you know, it could hurt this Heat team if they wind up, obviously, in the seventh spot, but there's pretty much just as good a chance that it helps them if they wind up, like, ninth or tenth because this this lingers for another week or two.
1: No, that's a good point. And, and one more thing about, this, uh, about the Eastern Conference standings, I, as much criticism as the conference receives, like, those five, first five and I guess first, first six five if you include really the heat, heat. Six if you include the Heat. Yeah, yeah. like that. The, the playoffs are gonna be super competitive. Like the Heat could have, he could finish six and face like Brooklyn in the first round. Um,
0: yeah, I mean it's kind of what we expected last year, right? Like, and then you just throw the Nets in.
1: Yeah, like it's and then and and, Philly's
0: and, the, and the Pacers are a lot better than they were last year. I think
1: Pacers are better. Philly looks better. Vikings um, as Drew Holiday, Boston. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they're better, but they're still a good team with Jason sure, and, and jaden Brown.
0: Yeah, young guys getting better.
1: Yeah, so yeah, that that the Eastern Conference is going to be really, really competitive, especially those last two rounds.
0: All right, last thing before we finish up. Um, we haven't, you know, we, obviously Bam and Jimmy, like you said, have only played like fourteen percent of the minutes or whatever it was. Um, Jimmy hasn't played with this like. Evolved Bam. Well, what do you kind of? How does what we've seen from Bam over the last two weeks fit with Jimmy Butler? Do you think
1: it's going to be interesting? Um, I hope that Bam doesn't go back to like the Bam of last season. I, I don't expect Bam to shoot twenty shots a game um, when yeah. Jimmy comes back, but I, I hope that he's still aggressive and taking that mid-range shot, which I think he will. Jimmy's not a guy like – it's not like it's, you know, James Harden coming back and right. all of a sudden he's going to dominate the ball. Yeah, Jimmy's yeah, going to have the ball Yeah, BAM's still going to
0: bring the ball up like 15 right. a game or whatever.
1: Yeah, It's, not, it's, on, it's almost just on BAM to, to stay aggressive because he's going to have the ball in his hands. He's going to be facilitating at the elbow or at the high post um, on a lot of possessions. So it's just about him taking that shot when get, teams give it to him, which he's done pretty much the entire season. Um, so I, I think he'll still be the band we've seen over the past few weeks, but it might not, instead of, you know, 19, 20 shots, it might be 12 or 13, you know, 14, but I, I still think he's going to really, he's going to try to stretch the defense, um, with that mid-range shot because it helps the Heat's offense. Like, yeah, that's,
0: that extra bit of spacing is a big deal.
1: Yeah, it's a big deal. you know, it's not a three-point shot, but hey, if it brings the defender, um, to the free-throw line, like... That extra, whatever five feet or so that the defender has to go out, like that makes a difference with back cuts and and all the heats. Yeah, certainly, Jimmy Butler,
0: is, you know, it's kind of a thing. You know, we see Bam obviously make a lot of backdoor cuts and stuff. Um, we haven't seen him like work out of like the elbow and high post and do that kind of stuff necessarily yet. Um, and Jimmy is like, of all his great strengths, like he's just straight up maybe the best cutter in the
1: league. Especially out of stars, right? Like, out of stars. Among stars, I mean, there are not many guys who cut. Dwayne used to cut really well, especially when, when, you know, he had to learn how to do that when LeBron came.
0: Um, It's kind of like, we just haven't seen that because, you know, with LeBron, he could, like, basically set up in the high post. You've got to be right up on him because he can hit that mid-range jumper. Um, You know, we haven't seen that with Bam and with with Jimmy then running the baseline. Like, it's going to be some old-school... like flex basketball,
1: yeah, right. Yeah. Old school Eastern Conference basketball. Yeah, um, yeah I, it was interesting. Um, on thir- in Thursday night's loss to the Clippers, they played him kind of like how teams played Bam last season, where they just played off of him, um, mm-hmm. which was which made it even a little surprise, like even more surprising that he didn't, he wasn't yeah. more assertive or more aggressive. He missed know, a, like,
0: missed a lot of jumpers last
1: night. Missed a lot of jumpers. Like they were giving him that shot. Um, Denver, like, it's just interesting to see how teams continue to play him. Like, yeah. Brooklyn played him straight up with a smaller defender. Denver sent a lot of help toward Bam, which kind of forced the ball out of his hands. Um, the Clippers kind of played off of him, giving him the shot. So, it's, it's you know, this this is Bam's challenge. Like, this, he's never really faced this before. I think he said it after one of these recent games. Like, I haven't seen all these different coverages before. Mm-hmm. And now I am, and I'm having to adjust, and I'm learning on the fly. So, and I think you're seeing that, like that's part of the inconsistency we've seen is yeah. him kind of trying to uh, kind of process, you know, what what the defense is is giving him and and kind of trying to make the most of that.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's finish up there. Um, thanks as always for listening, Anthony. You got anything you're working on right now?
1: No, just uh, you know we're we're gonna see when all these guys come back. I, yeah. I feel like it's I'm running an it's intro sort of like, report. Come up with a, an interesting <laughs> right. because you don't even know
0: what this team looks like.
1: Oh, well, actually, I, I do have a story um, that we'll post this weekend on, on another podcast, on Duncan Robinson's podcast. I spoke to him.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: His new venture um, a week or two ago, um, and it was pretty interesting about kind of why he got into this, why he's interested in it, um, and kind of, you know, his relationship with JJ Reddick, which he's now part of the JJ Reddick Podcast right. Network. Um, so it should be, you know, it's a little bit of an offbeat story, but it's interesting, especially if... Uh, you're listening to this podcast, and you like podcasts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people listen to this also listen to uh, Duncan show. I actually haven't listened to it yet. You told me it's good, though.
1: Yeah, I haven't listened to this week's episode. I listened to the first two. The first one was a, kind of an intro uh, episode. Right. The second one had Andre Gurdala on it, uh, which was, you know, Andre's always an interesting listen. Um, Talked about basketball and, and business yeah. and, and all that. So it, it's it, – Duncan is – He's very I've good.
0: Al- I've always liked him when he's been a guest on other podcasts. I'm interested to see how he handles like being being the host, you know, doing yeah. the interviews.
1: Yeah, and he has a he has a co host with right him, um, that helps drive the the shows. But yeah, Duncan is pretty much one of the yeah he's he's helping to drive it, and you could tell the work he's, he puts into it, um, and how much he enjoys it. Like it, it shines yeah. through. So I, I would recommend it. Um, of course after you listen to our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it it is a it is a really good listen, and it's, it it gives you some insight into who Duncan is kind of off the court. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, you can follow me at DB Wilson too. Uh, not a whole lot I'm working on this week. We've been knee deep in uh, all county football picks, um, so swing it over to probably some more interesting stuff uh, over the next few weeks. Um, but thanks as always for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week.